This week on The Meg Rock Show, I was able to sit down with Kate Nelligan. Kate is an equine partner, life and business coach, healer, animal communicator, whose life work is devoted to the human animal bond. Kate pairs her intuitive gifts with those of the horses and the goats to help people access greater clarity, confidence, and connection with their life purpose. She's a master's in spiritual psychology, and she is the creator of Awakening with Equines, a first-of-its-kind certification program for equine-partnered facilitators. Kate has been featured on TEDx. She's a best-selling author. She's a corporate marketing VP, and she's been featured as a writer in the Huffington Post. You guys are going to be fascinated by this podcast interview. Welcome to the Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge, enlightening you with high vibe spiritual guidance, interviews with high vibe people, and those who practice different healing modalities around the world. I help women manifest more love, more self-love, more money, better health, and clarity on their life path. My purpose is to help you remember who the f- you are. Let's rock this out. Welcome to the Meg Rock Show, Kate. I am so excited to have you. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yes. I'm so excited that I found you on social media. I find the most amazing people on social media. And you know, I mean, good grief. Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find. And the universe is just aligning me with so many amazing people. And you have the ability to connect with animals, um, horses, and you probably all animals for that matter. But I want to hear, I want to hear what you do for people for sure, because you are such a light. And I know that everything that you know about horses and, you know, their healing abilities and what they're here to do has blessed and healed so many people. But I want to start with your story. How in the world did you know that you had the ability to communicate with animals? And when did, when did all this, when did you, when did you decide that you wanted to basically, would you consider yourself to be a therapist? I'm definitely not a therapist. I'm a coach uh, and an intuitive coach and leadership. Okay, Okay, perfect. Intuitive coach. Okay, I love that. Okay, so where did this all begin? Well, I've loved horses my whole life. I was riding when I was a kid, competed in college, took some time off when I was working in New York City because there aren't horses easily readable. Um, And so when I got back in, I found luckily this incredible horse that I was leasing and riding at the time at a property that was doing equine therapy with addicts in recovery and rehab. And I, I need to see this because I did not know that horses could work as healers or in the coaching therapy setting. And I was blown away at these addicts after two hours coming in, like really wanting to give up on their lives and not being connected to anything and having hope and feeling embodied and being just like really connected back to the world. And I said, this is incredible. in just two hours, what, the, what is happening with the horses? And then my ability to really hear them and step into animal communication happened uh, a few years later after like an earth day meditation that I was doing. And it was just through a lot of love and heart connection. And then all of a sudden I was able to hear them and uh, have trained in animal communication as well. So, so when you hear them, so I also have the ability to hear things only a couple times have I actually audibly heard what I would say is like a voice, but more than anything, it's like information is just dropped in. And I just, I am kind of shown information. How do you, how can you explain how you, how you hear them? 
Yeah, I feel like I've always been more clairaudient in the sense that I hear messages. Um, it is almost as though someone is talking to me and it, it's different. It feels different than like hearing my own intuition or higher self. Uh, I, it, they have their own voices, so to speak. And I am still clear, clear sentient. I feel a lot. I've really grown my ability. Once my horse passed, I feel like I got a lot of her skills um, through just that loss and that transition. And so I feel like she's often working through me as well. Like when I'm doing healing work with the animals too, I can actually feel in my body what's going on with them. And so I'm able to go right to the spot of kind of where they're having a hard time. So I, I truly believe most of my gifts were and most of our gifts are there when we're born. It's just whether we cultivate and practice them. And I just do my best to continually practice these gifts. And I also feel like the horses are always adding more of the intuitive layers for me through just being with them. Okay. So, so when, like, if, if you, if you connect with, let's say a horse, for example, or your cat, so do you, can you hear your cat? Sometimes. So it's always harder to hear our own animals because we have so much of our mental blocks and and emotional attachments to them. So I will have other people read my animals, but I can sometimes, and it's usually when I'm not trying. And that's a lot of what it is. It's like the efforting or the striving is very kind of ego-based, and then it can kind of take us out of where I find them is really through this heart connection through or through a lot of stillness and silence. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's say if you're connecting to someone else's animal, what does that hearing sound like? So does it sound like, can you tell the difference between, so do you ever connect? Can you hear, like, can you hear information from people or is it mainly animals? I can, I, I can hear people's guides usually is what it is. And they're all very different. So when I work with my clients, I'll, you know, one of my clients guides always works in metaphors. So there's always some sort of sports analogy coming into our call and I'll, okay, so this is what I'm getting from your guides. And so I, I've always just been able to hear information and, um, that's just been my way of, of accessing my intuition. And to the point, literally like with my cats, what's been interesting is I was driving home from the ranch one day and I needed to go get a bite to eat. And I heard loud as day, go to Subway. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go to Subway. I don't, I'm not going there. And and it got louder, go to Subway. And I said, okay, fine. And so I went, I pulled in and it said pet adoptions today. And I said, well, there's no way there'll be an orange tabby because that's what I had wanted. And I pull in, lo and behold, he's sitting right in the middle of this, you know, big carrier with a bunch of kittens and sits on my lap and doesn't get off, like doesn't get off, stares right into my soul and was like, I'm here, mom, let's go. So, and one of yeah. So it's that kind of stuff. I don't always hear like that clear directions, but I usually am getting a lot of information and the voices do sound different. Sometimes I'm able to channel them through, through my voice as well. Uh, and bring through information for people that way as well. And the animals will speak through me too. Yeah. I was just wondering if they, if an animal, if animal language sounds like human language, like if you could tell the difference. It does. And like the horses in particular are very direct. So they're, they're not saying, um, they're not going into long stories. They're, they're going to give you like a one liner. That's really powerful. And that's usually, yeah. How cool (laughs) is that? I mean, and just look at, just look at them. I mean, they're powerful creatures. 
So when they speak, it's like of importance and it is straight to the point. Yeah, exactly. God, that is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. Okay. So I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about talking about this, but I want to ask you, what do you, what do you know about past lives with our animals? Oh, it's such a, a great question. I think our animals are definitely coming back to us. And the other, it's funny you mentioned past lives because this is one of the other abilities I've had since I've been young. Cause I went, my mom's been in metaphysics my whole life. So I've just been around all of this. And I went to go see Raymond Moody, one of the major authors on past lives when I was like 16. And I work uh, with an Akashic record reader and I love the past life stuff. And what's interesting for me and the way I pull up past lives is it's usually it will come out of nowhere. I'll see it and then feel it. And I, I was able to get one for a client recently in a challenge that you know she's going through, but I'll get them for myself most of the time and it's to heal them. And like with my one cat, I knew I had this vision one day out of nowhere that like he, he him and I were probably in some, you know, some jungle culture and he was a monkey and he literally shielded as these hunters were coming to, you know, attack me. He shielded me and blocked that from happening. And I was like, what? So I just had an image of it, almost like you're just kind of watching a movie and it came in out of nowhere and it flashed out of nowhere and it felt very real because that's the thing. Like we can get information, but does it resonate? Do we get the chills? Do we feel it? Does it feel like truth? And, And that's really only for our own intuition to know that. But yeah, I can definitely pull up past lives. Often our animals come back to us when we want them to, too, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So, so do you, do you, and I've heard different, different thoughts on this. Do you, what is your knowing? Do animals always come back as animals? So my mom and I get into this. I believe that you can go between animal and human lifetimes and there is no real uh, hierarchy, so to speak, in the consciousness. I actually think animals are highly evolved spiritual beings. Okay. And so I wouldn't necessarily put humans above them ever. Like to me, I actually would love to break down speciesism as much as possible um, because I do think we're all equal. So I think you can come in and out of lifetimes. I know I've probably been a horse before. Like I can feel it. Um, That said, like my mom's belief system and her teachings from the metaphysical school that she believes is that you can only you're you're an animal an animal animal and then you become a human and once you're human you just stay human you don't but I I just disagree with her and I mean we don't have proof for any of this right (laughs) but that's uh my belief system is that you can go back and forth okay that's amazing so do you do you have your own horses I do I have uh I have and I have four goats Okay. It's cr- okay. I know what I was going to ask you. And then we're going to get back to the goats. Do you eat meat? I don't, I used to. And what's funny is I, I ate meat until I was like 11. And then I read a mother's tale, the short story about a mom and um, a cow, a uh, baby cow. And I just came home that night and said, I'm not eating meat anymore. And my mom's like, great. You're going to have to cook for yourself. And so it was just a lot, it was a lot of work, but I did it. Yeah. Um, um, and then I ate meat again in college just because it became easy. And I was, you know, it just was there. Um, and then I stopped when my horse passed in 2017 and I kind of held her dead body. I couldn't, I literally couldn't put it to my mouth or touch it afterwards. Like it was just so hard. Yeah. Um, my body probably does need it. So I have to find 
creative ways to, but I also find that um, I'm just much more in congruency and alignment with my work, not eating meat. And I, you know, um, I'd love to see people eat less or, and also for it to become, you know, more human the way. Yes. We're killing. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally agree. Well, and just sitting here thinking about it, I know that people are becoming a lot more aware of the beauty of animals and the importance of loving, protecting them and caring for them. I mean, you're the second person today that has told me that they personally have goats. And so it's like, it's really cool. Like all these animals that, that, and I mean, I know that goats, you know, there's goat cheese, I guess there's goat milk. I mean, there's people have goats for a specific reason, but I think it's also really cool now that all of these animals that we have been using for their goods are now becoming people's pets mm-hmm. and we're now just showing them love, which is amazing. So tell me about your goats. Yeah, I, I've, I'm a double Capricorn. So I've always been this like half goat being and I love them. They're super fun. And I, you know, I was never around them much as a kid, just at petting zoos, which is most of my clients too. And then I started working with them in Los Angeles before I moved to Colorado doing, um, goat hikes, meditation with goats, play therapy experiences, um, because my friend runs the goat yoga company there. And I, you know, the first time I did an experience with a goat, it was a goat sound bath. And I was smiling for like two hours straight afterwards, like my jaw hurt from smiling. And I said, if I'm smiling this much, other people can be too. And I want people to feel this joy. So that's when I said, when I moved to Colorado, my intention is to find a place where I can have goats. And I got so lucky. I found a place that did goat yoga out here and uh, they were breeding goats and adopting them as family members, not for anything else, but just, and they're amazing. So I've been with them since they're babies. And do, I've, um, so, do, so obviously you keep them outside. I mean, do people ever let them in their homes? They do. And I know that if like I lived there, I, they would, I would let them in my house, but they have their own house at night. So they're protected. And, uh, but yes, they're mostly outside. They love to forage. Do they eat everything? Do they really eat everything? That's one of the things that people always ask me. They can and they do, but if they're if they're well fed with grass hay and other things that they need, they're not going to go tear things apart. But they do like to get into stuff, and I think with them, they're so curious, which is yeah. one of the qualities I bring into my coaching with people. Uh, and so they just they're just fun to watch, and they do get into stuff. So you do have to be careful, but they don't like tear down things. Like they're pretty respectful. Okay. So tell me about a goat sound bath. Like what does that look like? Yeah, we actually did uh, our first one in Colorado with the goats and the horses uh, a few months ago, and we'll have more. So essentially it's a sound bath healer playing the bowls, the crystal singing bowls um, and or gongs and other instruments where people are meditating and the goats are usually like at their feet and helping them get more grounded. just watching the horses and the horses drop into meditation with you. So you're basically meditating interspecies. Yeah. Animals. Oh my gosh. That is so beautiful. That is so amazing. Oh my gosh. Just like, that's awesome. I I, want to come visit you. So, so my little sister sister goes to Naropa. I guess I'm saying that the right way. Yes. Going to school, I think for parapsychology, I always say it wrong, but I think that's what she's going to school for. She's like us. She gets all this stuff. And, um, and then I have another friend, um, Amy Stark, 
who is, she's psychic medium coach healer. She's beautiful. Like she's, her soul is just, she's such a light. She lives out in your neck of the woods too. And I'm like, I got to go see my little sister and I've got to come to you. So we'll have to get together. Yes, please. That would be great. Yeah, that would be so awesome. Okay. So let's get into what it is that you actually do. So explain to me, and we've kind of maybe touched on this a little bit, just through conversation. Um, what equine partnered life and business coaching is and how does it work? Yeah. So essentially I'm pairing humans with horses and groundwork exercises for them to essentially understand ways of being that the horse can work by by you. Yeah. The horse have been fun lately on zoom. That's the second one. Okay. Keep going. It's usually the, my spirit horses, I've got 17 on the other side and I feel them come in and I'm always like, how, sometimes I'll catch it on the camera. Yeah. <laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, so, so yeah, so essentially it's ways of being that the horses model or goats and horses are super powerful, but they are both gentle and strong. And I find women, we have a lot to learn from that. We didn't always have role models for that. So whether we're guiding or leading a horse with tack or without tack, we're learning leadership. Um, we are slowing down our nervous systems by grooming and petting them with meditation, there's different exercises I'm trained in where we set things up that represent different parts of your life. And so questions come up really um, quickly and stories surface also because it's all kinesthetic embodied learning. Uh, so we're not just talking about leadership concepts. We're actually practicing. And if you have a 1200 pound prey animal that you have to lead through your own energy and your body language, you learn quite a bit about yourself. Wow. That is so powerful. So powerful. I'm having all these like light bulbs, all these aha moments. It's nuts. Okay. So what do you, what do you think the importance is of learning from, from nature and from animals? And I know before we started um, the podcast, I was telling you that I like where I am now on my spiritual journey, I'm noticing everything. And I know that everything has a meaning, a meaning, and there's no coincidence. I mean, last year I was at lunch with a friend. And I was at the beginning stages of, of, of growing something new. And I got stung by a bee twice and I was ecstatic. I was like, Oh my God, bee medicine. This is, I didn't just see a bee. I got stung not once, but twice. This is freaking amazing. And, and my friend, she's a second medium. She was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. We were celebrating bees getting stung by bee. And I'm like, Average people would freak out and be like, oh my God, damn B, you know, and that would have been me. That would have been me five, 10 years ago. And I mean, seeing a hawk, I mean, everything I'm like, oh my gosh, it's for me. Like all of this is for me. So explain mm -hmm. to me the importance of understanding nature and animals and how it's all working for us and with us. Yeah. They, I love that you shared that. That's amazing. I do find that all of nature and all of wildlife and domestic is in communion with us. It's just, we're slowing down and we're listening and we're getting quiet and we're open to receiving because they have natural cycles and ways of being that have existed here longer than we have and there's so much we can learn from that. I always say they hold the key or they have a map to systems that would work for humanity if we only were to listen, right? There's all divine intelligence and in all of that. And we are nature as well. It's just that we are on devices and we are disconnected from 
deeper truths. And so I find that when we are able to sit and look at nature and we see the beauty in nature, we can see it in ourselves. We can see the peace in nature. We can see that it's in ourselves. So there's a lot, even just the reflection. I've worked with wild horses before as well. And it's like, how much of your wild are you letting out and are you embracing? And it's the same with um, the winged creatures are incredible. They each have different messages. I love Dr. Stephen Farmer's work. I'm actually in a book with him that just came out a couple months ago. Animals. What's it called? What's it called again? It's called Animals. It's I have it here. It is um, Personal Tales and Encounters with Spirit Animals. And wow. Yeah, you you'd love it. It's um, there's I have a story in here on healing I've gone through with uh, donkeys that have helped me when I've been in in some grief. And I have, there's another in the series called nature that just came out as well. And I have a story in there. Um, it's not with Dr. Steven, it's with a woman named Anna Marie and there, I have a story in there about trees and how the trees have been a part of my session. And really my coaching just started with the horses. And then I started to watch the wildlife come in. Like I had a coyote show up at a round pen being like, can I come in and help this client? And I found out later that that was the client's power animal. And that she needed that understanding of what the trickster energy is in her life with the coyote. And so without a doubt, like they're all there for us and they want to talk to us. They don't want us to ignore them. They want to be in connection with us. And I feel like a lot of them want to be teachers. So I'm goal. Thank you for having me is really just to like share their messages and their voice. Yeah human to human, uh, in many ways to be like an ambassador for them. Right. Beautiful. Okay. So this coyote, so you were in a horse pen with a client working with this client and this wild coyote came up to the pen. Yeah. And And literally was it like the front door. Yeah. Because you were you, you weren't (laughs) scared and you knew what this was and could you, what message was this? What was this coyote saying to you? And to he literally said, can I come in? Like, can you open the door for me to come into the round pen? Cause he was at the front. And I said, but not right now, but what message do you have for my client? And that this was several years ago. My work continues to evolve. So back then I was looking at everything for the client from the lens of like, what does this mean to you? Or what meaning, to, you know, we would interpret it from those questions. What does it feel like or see like, and I still do a lot of that. And now I'll go to the place. I'll be like, is it okay if I pause and, and get a message from you for you? And I can, because I've honed my abilities to connect with animals through animal communication. I now, if that coyote was there, I'd be like, let me, let's go in and actually get a specific message, what the coyote wants to share with you. And I'll there, that being specific words for the clients. So I've done like course wisdom readings where people will bring their question and you might ask an Oracle deck where you go up to a horse that someone feels drawn to. And I do them on zoom and people say, Hey, what, um, what does this horse have to share with me about my job right now? And they'll get some amazing information for them. (laughs) So fascinating. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I know all animals have, there's teachings for us and they want to be our teachers, but what do you think it is about, about horses that make them such great spiritual teacher teachers? I think it's because they're one of the largest prey animals. They're huge. 
So it's interesting how many men I've seen that are intimidated by them. Like just you have such healthy kind of respect, but just intimidation. And so immediately we're talking about conversations of power, right? Because you don't have that with dogs or cats or any other domesticated animals. They're all smaller than us. So horses are immediately going to make you become like you have to be in your body because you need to feel safe around them. You can easily get pushed over by a horse. And so people get really into their bodies really fast and they know, and they know they need to be like for, for self-protection and they get into the present moment because horses just live there and horses have co-evolved with us more so in my mind than even dogs, because we've gone through war with them. They've been our transportation. There's so much in entertainment that we have done with them for sport. And so they've really, I think, chosen to help humanity awaken and ascend because they've been co-evolving with us for so long. They have been co-evolving with us for so long. I have never thought about that. You're exactly right. I mean, entertainment, transportation. Wow. Yeah. War, everything. I mean, they've... Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, well, I'm, so I, I haven't studied a lot of the Native American culture, but I'm very drawn to it. I have no doubt I lived past lifetimes as an Indian. Um, and I just love the culture. I love the jewelry. I love the music. I love every like Indian Native American flutes. Like I love everything about it. And their connection to animals is do I wonder if, if, if at that, that point in time, I mean, it's been throughout, I mean, out th- throughout history, I mean, really like the Mayans, like everyone, but I'm just so drawn to the native American culture. Do you think that they all for survival purposes were in tune and could communicate with, with animals? Or do you think that some of them had gifts kind of like you, or they all were just extremely tuned in because they relied on animals and nature for everything. I think it's such a beautiful question and I can relate. I feel like I moved out here to Boulder, Colorado because of these past lives with my native connections. Cause it's, there's so much native energy here in the flat irons. So yes, I believe that they all were connected because they had to be like, they understood the interconnectedness. They understood the, what honoring was. They understood what like the law of reciprocity is, which I think a lot of us have forgotten about. And so there was this like give take symbiosis relationship with the world. And um, I think they still have a lot of it and hold it. You know, it's very sacred. It's very honoring. Um, It's very different because, but if you think about it now, like our kids know iPads and technology better than our, a lot of adults do. Right. So it's not necessarily that they had special gifts per se. It's just like that was their culture. Whereas like today kids, their culture is technology. So their understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Where your, where your focus goes, your energy flows. And they were, I mean, that's all they thought about was the weather you know, the stars, animals, this meanings, connection, everything. Yeah. And that's who their friends were and their family members. And, and there's, you know, it was their transportation. It was their food. So there was like a full, like there was a lot of leave no trace. There was a lot of full use energy. It's just a different, you know, space that we're in now. I think so many people, 
you know, one of the things I saw at a lake that I was at is such an active, beautiful lake here in Boulder. And people just, you know, they're talking the whole time that they're there walking around and they're totally forgetting that they're in nature and that they can have a connection with the trees and the water and all of that. Okay. Which leads me to, which leads me to, um, one of the questions I had for you, one of the things I wanted to talk about was trading perfectionism for the presence, um, for, for being present each time that we go outside. I think that is so powerful. Yeah. And I struggled with perfectionism for a long time and I grew up writing, being barked at, like, put your hands here, put your legs here. And some of my perfectionism came from riding, horseback riding. But I found that with nature, it's really, it's already in divine perfection with the cycles and the um, way of life, right? And so ultimately, I find that happiness comes from presence, not, not being perfect. And if the divinity in us is already perfect, right. It's just that ego mind that always thinks we're better than or less than and tells us stories about things and gets us into trouble. So when we go out into nature and we can quiet that monkey mind and just be present with the breath and body and remember we're part of nature, we can remember our own divinity and that original um, spark of creation. And then from that place, I think a lot more is possible, certainly a lot more joy and presence and peace and happiness. But when we go outside and we look at a tree, we never look at a tree and goes, gosh, I wish those branches were skinnier. Right. Or I wish, um, I wish that that horse had, you know, more Brown on it or like, we never think that we accept it and we embrace it and we see it as beautiful and, and already perfect. And, so there's a lot of acceptance. So I, I love asking people to just take a notice of something in nature and notice how they wouldn't want to necessarily change it. So why are we trying to change ourselves so much instead so of ourselves? So good. I love that. Okay. So, so I know that you, you struggled with, with, you know, perfectionism. What do you think? So what, what would be some steps and some things that you maybe coach other people on and some things that you've lived out in your life to shift, shift that perfectionism more to val- valuing yourself. Yeah, I love it. I think a lot of it is if we understand that we value animals, we value nature, we are the same. So to really see ourselves through the way, the way our dogs, our cats, our animals would see us, if we could see ourselves that way, they value us. So can we value ourselves? Like if they already, these intelligent, sentient beings love us, why wouldn't we also choose to love ourselves? Can we just say, I see myself the way my animal sees me. I'm willing to embrace the good and the bad, right? And a lot of like the tips and tools is like self-acknowledgement practice, right? It's a, certainly a love language is to prize ourselves, acknowledge ourselves for the littlest things to re-script that kind of default negative programming that we all seem to have. Um, And in my TEDx talk on perfectionism, I talk about finding the sweet spot of enoughness, which is just like, can you, I have so many like high performing women that are, you know, they always want more. And I'm like, can you make today enough? Like, can you make what you did enough? And some days, like, it's just feeding, you know, the people in our lives (laughs) is all that we could do that day. And can we make that enough? For sure. sure. I was just, um, I was just talking to my mom about, 
you know, it's like everybody wants to be better. Everybody wants more, you know, and, and, and we've all at some point in our life thought, okay, well, what am I here for? Like, what is my purpose? I'm just over here taking up space. And she's, you know, 10 times further, further along than me or 10 times more successful. Like you, you start comparing yourself and going, okay, well, like, what is, what do I even matter? Right. And I was just telling my mom, I said, you know, really and truly at the end of the day, if we are here, if our soul made an agreement, a contract to be here, our only job, our only purpose is to be light. Our only purpose is to be light. And what we may choose to do outside of that is a total personality thing. And that's great. But if our only job is just to stand around and smile and help people and be a source of light, our job, job well done. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I agree. And the verses will always say that, like, it's more simple than you realize. It's really like a simple, well-lived life is a life of being of service to ourselves and others. Exactly. And And all of the things that line up because of that are just byproducts of being, being high vibe, whatever that is, right. It's just this frequencies of joy and gratitude and happy and light and all the, all the light things all of the other things that line up and become synchronicities of that are just byproducts. Right. So if we, if we strive to live in the light, then everything else just kind of falls into place the way it's yeah. supposed And so it's becoming aware of the stuff that dims it, right? If, is it other people that we may need to create boundaries with? Is it our own thinking that we need to reprogram? Is it stuff we're watching that lowers our vibration? I mean, I used to work in entertainment. And so it is very much that I love how you said it. And for me getting out in nature, I've never heard anyone complain about it. I've never heard it dim anyone's light. So I'm always telling people, just get outside, go for a walk and, you know, and smile at your animals, let them smile at you, take a moment and pause and, and actually like have reference for the squirrel that you're seeing. And that, that alone can just like activate more light. So Absolutely. Sure. Okay. So tell me when you're working with people, is everything local, like where you are, or do you do remote stuff? Yeah, I do both. So when everything shifted in 2020, I had to pivot pretty quickly. So I will bring my horses. I'm actually headed to the barn this afternoon to do a video uh, seminar with the horses and they'll be on camera with me. So they'll like stick their little noses up. Yeah. So I, I am doing remote with the horses. I travel and work with people in person. I go back to Los Angeles. I'm based outside of Boulder, Colorado. I've worked at other ranches in different um, cities and states, and then also virtual coaching without the animals. And I'll just bring in a lot of like their metaphors at times for clients, but I do that as well. Beautiful. Okay. So people that are listening, if they want to connect with you, what, what is your social, where can they find you, your website, all that stuff? Sure. Yeah. So the website's katenelligan.com. It's one L and the Instagram is Kate Nelligan equine coach, same with Facebook. And then I have a group on Facebook called awakening with equines. I really feel like they are our partners in awakening and I'm starting to train equine coaches and how to do similar work, uh, out in the world as well. If they want this as their calling in life. Beautiful. Well, this was amazing. I'm so excited to have connected with you. We're going to have to meet up at some point in time for sure. I know we Definitely. will. And, um, and we will have to do this again soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for coming on the Meg Rock show. 
If you thought today rocked, subscribe to the Meg Rock Show podcast, leave a review and let me know what your takeaway was. All of my social is linked in the show notes. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at TheMegRock. For more info on me and to take my quiz to find out what energy blocks you have in your life and in your home, and maybe even coaching, go to ManifestingMarge.com. Repeat after me, I am a powerful, loving, radiant, abundant, badass warrior goddess. I am here to rock out this lifetime. It doesn't serve me or the world to play small. I am worthy of all that I desire. See you in the next episode. The Meg Rock Show podcast and all content created by Manifesting Marge LLC is created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have for a medical condition or concern. Meg Schwarzrock is not a doctor or a therapist.